0: Hello! Welcome to the Boss it Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Like we're recording successfully now, Michael. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yes, been good week. Very busy. Uh, lots of things to do, as usual. Um, yes, I should right. I guess the same for yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's calm. I, it's I get worried immediately. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. No. Never complain about being busy. No, no, no. Um, but before we start, and we start with uh, sort of picking out some topics from. From our various weeks, um, just getting some feedback actually regarding the podcast that we've been doing. Um, the things that people seem to like is the fact that this is an unstructured, over-the-shoulder listening on a conversation. Um, yeah. A couple of people said that they found it quite humorous as well. So,
1: yes, <laughs> really? that's, that's quite nice. I, I would call it chaotic, but such is life. No, well, perhaps the a a chaos. Conversation. Yeah. <laughs>
0: perhaps it's the <laughs> chaos that's creating the humour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, No, but it's quite nice. So, And I think if we encourage more feedback, as we said, we're not expecting to start this out and for it to be perfect straight away. We've already started to tinker a little bit, but the more feedback we get, the more that we can help to tailor it to something that is really appreciated by our target audience, which is software, um, business owners, shareholders, um, and salespeople as well, senior executives within those businesses. So if you're listening to this, and you've got comments of ways that you think we can improve this, or uh, things that you perhaps like us to include, then please do let us know. They're really useful. So, do you want to start off this week? What's, what's I, jumped out at you?
1: One of the things, I one evening early this week, I get a phone call, and I hear... It's an executive. He's a, he's a, he's a CEO, actually. And I hear desperation in his voice like really yeah. I don't know what to do and he actually told me I don't know what to do and I said okay <clears throat> calm down tell me what's up and he said well I have this sales team and I tried everything I tried pushing them I tried being nice I tried uh, team consulting they're just it's just not moving they don't feel the the, the sense of urgency they they, so in essence, they, they are completely passive.
0: What type of software company is it? Just, just in broad terms. I mean, yeah, they, I don't want you to sell, identify them, but.
1: They sell, um, hard to say without explaining. Yeah, right. <laughs> in essence, they sell, uh, they have, uh, they sell, uh, services, uh, let's say implementation and, and, and tuning of the software, and they sell large corporate, uh, deals meaning they go to big finance institutions and you know sales cycles of at least minimum 10 to 18 months large let's say between 200 and 1 million type of deal size transactional type of business so so uh, what's
0: uh, the so it's a service they're providing is it as lo- as well as software
1: yes it's that mix, classic right. blend in yeah. corporates because you know large corporates they always want you to customize and do very specific things and then you need APIs integrations all of that.
0: So, is, so these is this guys an international here, business.
1: Yes, international biz- business, and they are about five sales. Okay. Mixed young to old. There yes. is no senior to junior. Uh, classic team, I would say. They have a pre-sales, so it's a very – they don't have an inside sales. That's something, um, that's something they could do, of course. But, yeah. I mean, I, I was there several times, and I tried many things trying to energize them. You've seen me in action. I mean, I take yeah. people, and I, <laughs> I let sure. them do things. And I just it just – when I walked away, I thought they were all energized, and then nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's
0: it's interesting.
1: And I see this a lot. eh? I see this a lot passivity. And then they ask me what to do. And then of course there are certain elements you need to do. And then at a certain stage, you need to be tough. Yes. did that, but still nothing changed. So what would you do, Mark? I'm really curious. What would you do? What would be your advice here? Because it's not only sales that you see that in marketing, you see that in, in engineering. This is, this is more, I think, theme psychology than anything else.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it's a really interesting, one actually, because knowing you as I do, I know that perhaps one of the areas where you can get this reaction from a sales force is where you get somebody coming into the organisation that's got a very heavily prescri- prescribed way of selling, mm-hmm. and they don't buy into it. But that's not that's not your approach at all. That's not
1: the case. No, no. No. So they, they've they've actually followed a lot of my advice. Yes. Of course, after a while, it goes, it goes down. And it's also the nature of that business. It just takes a long time before they get business. So, so, so there is, of course, this uh, tendency, like a negative spiral a bit. You feel that. Yes. But then again, normally when you follow what I'm saying, in in 98% of the cases, it picks up speed. It really picks up speed. And I saw it picking up speed, but it's still very passive, the whole. Yeah. And then when I sit there, I don't hear any noise. They're all busy on those computers, and I, after like two hours, I stand up. I said, "Hey, dudes, is somebody gonna phone or do something?" Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I think I think you know I've seen I've seen you in action, and I think one of the things that you're good at is is, is putting energy exactly. And, and, exactly and helping motivate people. So yeah. could be a number of things there. It's it's, it's an interesting question for me because many years ago. Um, I was actually looking at setting up a sales training company and addressing what we felt was the cause of one of these issues about changing behavior in salespeople. Is that, you know, I, when I was younger, I've met on many, many training courses. I was involved in organizing training and i had done that on a number of occasions. And I think salespeople typically, by the very nature, they're quite... They tend to be fairly extrovert. They tend to be quite motivated people anyway. And they will often come back from sales training, sales coaching, quite motivated. But it's a case with all things is changing, t- taking those, that training, taking that opportunity. And I think quite often one of the biggest benefits is when you you, get, you go on a training course is being away, mixing with other people, discussing ideas amongst your sort of colleague your your peer students and and, and picking up information and ideas and and just being cut off from the telephones and emails for a while, you come back with ideas. But when you get into the office, it's not dropping back into the old rut and doing what you've always done, but expecting Mm -hmm. the different result. And one of the things that um, I was thinking about doing, and actually somebody took the idea and, and, and was working on it as a business plan, was that follow-up with those salespeople is agreeing with them what the specific changes they are going to make, perhaps sort of ongoing coaching, you know, perhaps the next day after the course to say, how did it go? What were the main takeaways for you? What are your decisions? Then another week to say, what are you going to do about it? Then a month and then maybe three months and six months to help people get out of that rut of what they've been doing previously. Because a lot of the time, I think... And we, we, we see this, with, you know, what we're doing when we're working with senior executive teams and we're talking to them about their business, about growing the equity value and, you know, talking about exit strategy. Most of the answers are within that team and it's just getting yeah. access to them.
1: I, I, I really have the feeling in this team that they think it's like impossible. And, and, and I used to have a boss that always would say to me, Michael... It was an English guy, actually an RAF ex-Navy uh, guy, and he told me, Michael, sometimes you need to hire somebody that does not know it is impossible. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he was a strong advocate <laughs> of replacing. In this case, I do think there probably need to be some replacement, but on the other hand, you need to find the root cause, otherwise it's not going to change, right? You're going to just put new people and they'll be infected with the virus, if I can say that negatively.
0: You didn't feel the belief, was there?
1: No, I, 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 it's like even if they sit and nothing moves, there is nobody hunting them down, right? So, so you two have you have two ways. I, I believe, like you just said very rightfully, most sales, you know, they are intrinsically from deep down motivated and yeah. social. Sure, they want to do things. Do. But I don't feel that there. So probably the the previous manager hired people that looked like him, or I don't know. So you, you they're just not one. They're not energetic people. Two, you can energize some of that by in, infusing it with new people that that really start going at it. Yes. Or you have all you hire external parties, like I'm just saying something cold calling uh, agencies that 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 infuse you with leads. So you have to pick up, so you keep them busy. That's one of the things I like to do. Is like I like to really focus in the beginning on quantity, not quality, because a lot of these are uh, they're just passive because they're waiting to until something happens. Yes. So. I first gonna raise the something happens. I'm not just gonna fuse it like it, so they don't have time to rest, right? And then I'm gonna work on the quality. Um, Do
0: you think there's a lot of pressure being applied to these salespeople, especially not, when there's not, long sales cycles? Yeah,
1: not not enough. But I also have seen the negative. Eh? I mean, we both worked with a company at a certain stage, Mark, that you and I, where there was like too much pressure. It was yes. Insane that doesn't work either. No. Uh so it is a very very difficult balance but I think in this case I mean it's time to do some slapping for sure. Uh and I would actually pull them a bit apart the team. I would reshuffle the way they sit. That's a typical one. People are territorial, you see that. So you do this training, you've seen it so many times, yeah. you do a training, everybody sits yep. And then if you just ask them, they come back in and said, I want you to sit differently. They start complaining and murmuring. <laughs> yeah. something, but I'm like, that's not your spot. You just sat there by accident, right? Yes. Uh, so I would already physically change the room. That's the first thing I would do because it changes the brain. Yes. And and I, so there are lots of things I, I told them that we need to do. Uh, but but still, I'm very worried. It's one of the first times I'm really thinking, oh, boy, this is, this is a difficult one.
0: Is there, that, is, is there a... Have they got KPIs in place that can monitor the sales cycle?
1: They have everything. That's the whole point. They have, I think, maybe too much KPIs and too much reporting in place. That's interesting. And some of these, sometimes you'll see it. uh, I I bumped into another company. Uh, I was helping one of their investors. And there you had a VP of sales. That is, if I would check his CRM, he had a team of 20. Mm. It's the first time in years I've seen a CRM system. That was completely, utterly detailed to perfection. And if I would look at his, uh, he also had some DLC was doing, mm-hmm. but look at it. They were all in green. You know what I mean? Eh? You're red and green. Mm-hmm. So they were all good, but there was no sales. This, that, that's a long time. I was like, so you guys are telling me you have the perfect system. Everything's right, but you're not selling. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, then I rather have you
0: like, I rather chase you for the system, but got, get revenue, right? Which is a, that's yes. for good sales guys. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> you you've got to be outcome focused. Your outcome yeah. is not to complete your CRM or to yeah. complete all your KPIs. That's hopefully is a tool, but yeah. if it's not working, you, you got to reappraise that. Yeah. So, so the one, maybe the they're one measuring the wrong things.
1: The one statement I always do when I start these things is like, you do not need a good CRM to sell. Right? No. Do not need a really good tool uh, ta, ta, ta. and then the managers hate me but the sales guys they like oh this guy understands me right and then I have to flip it back to <laughs> but you do need to use it right so there is no excuse if you're not using it but okay so, so in this case to come back to the point because um, we're welling off I really am really I'm really nervous I think I should revisit this question in two months. And yes. tell you what happened, all the stuff we did, and see if, if actually something changed. Because
0: I, I, I've seen this several times already. So what, what what's your gut instinct? Because sometimes just when you get something, a problem like this, it's not always really obvious as to where the problem lies. You know, you're looking to see the fundamentals are in place. You said that they've got a nice mix of ages of salespeople, which you know, typically works pretty well. The more experienced working with, the less experienced. You've got KPIs in place. Um, they've got these long sales cycles, but you think that they've they've got the, the, the KPIs to be able to make a decision and ho- hopefully qualify out the right organizations. They're not spending time on sort of no-hopers or not sitting there with, you know, the, the happy eyes on. I think the way to do this,
1: and I really believe this, is that they should hire an inside sales Mm. to to make sure that the volume and the prospecting is controlled and in in large amounts. Very energetic person, boy or girl, doesn't matter. Mm. And I would take one of the other sales guys and make him a champion. And I would really isolate him for like a few weeks, two, three weeks. Only those two. Yes. Because all the others, when they will see that suddenly debt starts picking up and there's a lot of fun and there's a lot of energy and, and it's really flowing, they will go there and they will want to be part of it. Mm. I think I haven't tried that one yet. Uh, it's rather drastic, but I think this, mm. this might work.
0: Is there, is there a flow of leads coming through to them?
1: No, no, that's, that's another problem. It's a tough yeah. one. It's a really tough market. Yeah. It's a really tough one. So that's also always, you know, everybody wants to be part of the winning team. But most businesses that I know are not winning the whole time. It's it's tough. Yeah, sure. So I, I also think that's why I said I I first want to focus in this case a bit on quantity because they're just, I mean, if they get in two leads a week, what what does the sales guy if if they're gonna wait? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wrong. It's not gonna work. It should the sales guy do all the cold calling? No, but at least a bit, you know, like two half days just to get into it and and. Yeah, it's um. I I also told him, said like, guys, I want you out. I don't want to see you in the office, and I don't want you to go have coffee with the same guy all over. That's also a classic one, right? Yes, yes. So so I think I basically should sit there two weeks, and 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 they feel a guy like me running around doing all the networking. Take them along, isolate some, get it going. But I mean, I don't always have time to do that, Mark. No,
0: no, no, no. It's it's, it's there's a lot of A lot of areas that you you would need to analyze, and it's a lot of time to spend with them to get that up and running. No, I can understand that. Have they they been successful in the past? That you've heard here is
1: like a bit... uh, Sorry?
0: Have they been successful in the past, this team?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So I think they're going through the valley yeah. The valley, the lake of rejection, right? The lake of rejection, yeah. which is a sea actually. So I need to, I need to make them not swim, but really get better. Surf. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mark. Because as we are talking, this is actually a rather complex problem. It's not one thing. It's many, multiple layers, many things, yes. lots of history. And you said something. We had a chat today, and you said something like, "Yeah, I think complexity in larger organizations also causes a lot of problems." Yes, that's, that's... I'm intrigued. I'm re- really intrigued by what you said.
0: Yes, yeah, so that, well, that's something that's um, as I've been reminded of this week. A uh, couple of the organisations, quite large software organisations, that I've seen, when you're talking to those senior executives, you, you can see as we're sitting discussing that they're, they're, they're trying to define their own business, to profile it to me, and explaining. <laughs> The various strengths and weaknesses. You can see the level of complexity that has been built up within the organisation. Organisations that have grown successfully, they've made some acquisitions, um, but they're also starting to think about bringing that that company together. Perhaps um, looking to create a more clearly defined profile of the business. Because when you make acquisitions, it can it can create additional complexity, which is quite mm-hmm. hard to deal with. But I can see for those senior executives, the degree of complexity that they have before them is really is, is one of the biggest issues that they face. And problem solving when they are having to juggle so many different things, I think that's a really big issue for them. You know, they probably need a bit of a holiday as well, actually, and then to revisit this. <laughs> they, a, couple of the, a couple of the companies I saw, the people I was meeting, because on one occasion I was meeting three of them, but I think two of the guys that in that meeting were looking quite tired, and that happens as well. And you're yeah. not going to be at your best if you're feeling tired. But simplicity, I think, at the end of the day, and, and, and being able to simplify things does help you in solving problems. Most, you know, most of the people that I'm seeing that have created and worked within a larger organization. They've got the ability, but if they're having so much thrown at them at the same time, problem solving and focusing where they really should be doing their work. So, how, how,
1: what, so let's make this very pragmatic here. Mm. I'm listening. I'm thinking, okay, so I'm, let's imagine I'm one of those guys and I'm listening so what what should i then do i mean clearly you need to take me out of the business for a few hours so yes. i'm not within my day flow yes but what what would you do with them you would how would you bring them to the essence i mean how would you pull them out of the trenches
0: yeah i think i think taking them out of their normal environment does help it can be done obviously on the, on the premises but there tends to be more distractions and i think going somewhere that helps stimulate the thinking um, you know, a little bit in the same way you were talking about moving these sales guys around, it, it can yeah. help stimulate thinking. So bring them out of that environment and then I think you've got to get those people relaxed in the right frame of mind and and working together as a team. That's that's really key because quite often, if you've got, I mean, we're often, we often deal with, saying we may have eight of the senior executives, eight of the board members together, in a room, the the thing that we need to do is we want to get eight, or including us, maybe sort of nine, ten, or eleven, for say three of us working there. We need to get all of those brains working on the problem. We need to get them all activated so that we haven't got people that are sitting there with their laptops open and they're looking at their emails coming in and they're answering odd emails when they think no one's looking and they're answering text messages. So I think you've got to try and put that to one side so you sort of you need to set up some rules but then I think we need to make sure that we're focused on one thing at a time and the first thing is really defining the question as what are we here to do today what's the objective and I think the more carefully you define those questions it makes it easier to get everybody thinking in the right way and aligned yeah. and and it probably takes 20 minutes to it's a bit like a, a sport you wouldn't go into a race just sort of go to, from cold to run, run, performing 100% there needs to be a little bit of a warm up and i think sometimes <laughs> some sort of management exercises can work quite well where you just yeah. sort of something bit light hearted maybe get yeah. people up on their feet um i'm a great believer in visual thinking as well yeah so that when we're doing um problem solving is trying to make everything as visual as possible And and even sort of saying to people, let's let's see what artistic talents you've got or not, but it doesn't matter how good it is, as long as, you know, that you can create something that visually people know what it is, is to try and think in visual terms and then to get people up on their feet doing things. And I think that that can
1: help. I do the same. I let them stand up and draw. Yes. Uh, uh, No, I, 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 I think the visual thing is a very important one, also especially for... If you look to, you can get overwhelmed with all the details. It's most of the time saying, okay, what's what's the goal here? What's the ultimate goal here? Yes. And I also on purpose, because a lot of these, because I've I've spent a lot of time in these business planning meetings, a lot of them sometimes, they are, in my opinion, two, three steps too far sometimes. When I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I get that your ultimate goal is to get there, but but let's just, for the sake of your brain, let's just look three months ahead. What are the two things you need to do? Yes. to get there and 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 then they you see them relax and calm down and then they learn to say no to all the rest yes
0: yes that's that's a good point i think yeah that we we say ideally we want to come out of the room with three key actions
1: yeah exactly
0: not to not to get, give them the feeling that they're going to be overloaded with you know here's 50 things we're going to do this quarter mm-hmm. because that can be too much and i think also on occasions you can see people sort of sitting back a little bit thinking well, I don't want to volunteer something here because I might end up with this on my desk, and I think you've got to get away from mm-hmm. that. There needs to be a, a good amount of trust within the room. Let's, let's yeah, and, and, and not be scared you, of asking stupid questions.
1: No, and you you have to divide the work, so it's 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 a nice balance. I do that a lot, so then you you don't get the like yeah, this guy's gonna solve it again, and that guy is always solving everything. That's not the idea. Yes.
0: I, that's, that's, the, that's an interesting point. Cause I think as a sort of in parallel to that is also, you'll have different personalities within that room. Yeah. One of the things that mm. you want to, to make sure is you really do have a team effort. And like with any team, a happy team, one that's getting on well interpersonally is going to perform better. You know, you see that in all team sports, don't you? So Quite often, if you've got a room of eight to ten senior executives, there's going to be some historical friction. And I think you've got to try and overcome that, get people relaxed, get, you know, yeah. and then when that means that when people are putting forward ideas, those ideas are really being looked at objectively, not in from the perspective of I'm, I'm not too keen on this chap. I don't want to have any of his ideas going forward. I've seen that sometimes. I am mm-hmm. I'm quite open about that in in actually sort of stating that up front and 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 putting down some parameters um some guidelines of how we're going to make it effective I have
1: to um, I have to laugh I have to laugh Mark I, I I was at a certain stage working for a French company
0: yeah.
1: and yeah. French tend to have these uh, they call it comités that's like uh you put five people in a room and they have to think about something and then it goes down and they have this, I mean, the companies I worked for, let's say it like that without insulting anybody. Yep. And at a certain stage, they, they, I was sitting in these committees and I was thinking, what the hell am I doing here? And then they made me the boss. They, so they made me make a committee to run the other committees, which then became <laughs> completely ridiculous. It's like the Belgian government approach, right? <laughs> five governments, nobody really knows about. Well. And, and then one day I was sitting in the committee of the committee and we discussed this whole thing, a whole day brainstormed the whole stuff. We had all these, all these elements on the board, really excited. We, I thought finally we're getting somewhere. And the boss, the CEO walks in, sits down, looks at me, says, so Michael, what did you came up with? And I said, are oh, we going to do tack, 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 tack? Really well structured for once. Yes. No chaos. And, um, the guy looked at it and he said, well, I like it, but, uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. <laughs> Wow. I could have killed him. So yeah. I, I actually also said, you know what? Just, you, I don't need to commit anymore. If you're going to make a decision on your own without the whole stuff, then just do
0: it, right? Just don't waste our time. Yes, I think that's a good point. I've, I've seen if, you've got to watch the dynamics within the room, and I think if you're working with a new group of executives, I watch their eyes. Yeah, when yeah. you when you're looking, and you're looking to get people to throw forward ideas and i actually say to them let's have a few silly ideas let's let's get over that nervousness about i'm going to say something stupid just throw it out there Mm -hmm. um i had it i had an experience that's a good
1: one actually that's a good to do actually you should make the silly ideas list first yes so everybody can say the most insane stuff and then everybody's ideas actually that's a good one
0: yeah, I, I had an experience of that many, many years ago working in a sales team where we had a rather cynical sales team and we started this off and we had some, <coughs> I would say, elder salespeople who had been there years and years and they sat there with their arms folded. Yeah, classic. Thought, wow, this is going to be really tough. They did. They'd been told to go into this meeting and they'd been in other meetings that they said – I forget the phrase that they used, but it was along the lines of any more of this sort of American management bullshit, I think was the phrase that they used. And I thought, wow, (laughs) what a a frame of mind to start from. And I I, I started doing this game and I said, we're going to go around the table and you're going to throw forward ideas. But throw in in a stupid idea if you want. There isn't a stupid idea. We're going to list it. And one of these guys, he, he threw in this idea about doing marketing Through creating hot air balloons that he would fly over the building, (laughs) giant helium balloons, like the the sort of the the ones that he used in the Second World War to bring down aircraft, and actually, and we we ran with this, and we came up with the idea of at the next exhibition that they put, uh, I think it was entries to a competition on small little helium balloons that they floated over the exhibition really <laughs> they did it they did it. and it was the most successful thing they ever did they got more people completing it because there were these balloons that were weighted carefully and they were floating in and people were grabbing at them and it created so much attention and everyone was saying oh you're the guys messing about with the balloons and people were filling these things in yeah, but and it was really successful you, but, you, you, you have you, to play you, with you. it yeah. You would be amazed. My kids would kill to get a balloon in some places. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was business people. And they were sort of fighting each other to get them. Um, but the, the interesting thing was that I think it, they started to see the sort of the sense of humor. You've got to have a sense of humor with it. Yeah. And, and after about 25 minutes, he had uncrossed his arm, this one particular guy, and he was getting involved. And we were yeah. getting him up out of his seat. And it, and it became really good fun. And I think it actually was a good team building as well. And we got some good results out of it. So, I, I, uh, Again,
1: I'm thinking of a story. A few weeks ago, I'm uh, with a, with a scale-up. And they are in the IoT space. And uh, they, the guy bought on a Chinese website, he had bought 60 little mini helicopters <laughs> and he had them on a big table <laughs> when I arrived. He said, hey, Michael, I have this great marketing idea. So he was putting, he was putting stickers of his company on it. And so he, he would put them in a box and he would ship them off to CEOs of companies that he wants to reach. And what, what happened was they would get a box. They would open it up, a nice box, and there would be this little helicopter. So they would look at the helicopter and think, what is this? And then there would be a paper in the shape of the, the, the control. And the paper said actually had the picture of the control and said, "Are you looking for this? Give us a call." <laughs> <laughs> they got many phone calls, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what it gave from business. Right? It's a nice gimmick. It got attention. The question is, did it give in a trust for them to buy? <laughs>
0: yes, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I can remember going to one of the early AIM exhibitions. Um. I can't even remember what AIM stands for, the Association of Information Management or something or other. Um, yeah. There's another one coming up soon um, that I'll be attending. But this was one of the early ones in the USA. can't remember where it was, maybe Philadelphia, New York. And Highland Software, they were quite well known. And they did this for a number of years, different exhibitions. They had a magician. Yeah. And he, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he yeah. was talking about the fact that he was a shareholder in Highland Software, which... That was quite interesting. That, that caught my attention because I thought this is just some guy that they've hired for the day. I thought, yeah. oh, no, no, he's not. It's interesting that he's got some shares. But he was a very, very good performer. And actually, he just sucked up the audience from all of the other stands. Yeah. And while yeah. they were doing that, you know, the, the Highland software stand was the most popular. really did draw attention to them in a very effective way. But that, it I, was that comment for me that really stuck in my mind. I mean, this must be 20 years ago, maybe even yeah. more, that he was a shareholder. I thought, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I've seen a similar magician music, working at a company called Knowledge Lake, uh, also oh, on a show. And it yes. really worked because he would throw money on the floor and then wait and people would pick it up. And he said, uh, uh, uh. it was really, really, really good. I mean, I don't know if it would work everywhere the way he approached it, but, uh, yeah, I was also intrigued. There was always that, 30, 40 people standing around him the whole time.
0: Yes, yes. And and then I think that you you will see somebody be very successful doing that, and then a few people will copy it, and this is like all marketing. And then you've got to change it because that's no longer fresh and original. You can't keep doing the same thing.
1: (laughs) I think we should tell them to use Zeppelins uh, next time.
0: Yeah, we're going to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll start a business, Zeppelin marketing. Eh?
1: Zeppelin marketing. We can provide you helicopters without a control. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I still like it. It's
0: so funny that
1: you think what? What? I. I by the way, as we we're rambling on, I had a. I had this company. I forgot the name. One day they walked in, um, and they they uh, they were trying to sell to me. And they gave me this big button, and they didn't say anything. So they were talking, and suddenly out of nowhere, the sales guy pulls out this really big, massive button, and he put it in the middle of the table. And, of course, all guys on the table, you want to push. And he said, no, 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 you can only push it when we're gone. Okay, so we kind of had this piece of conversation. (laughs) And then we would walk out, and when, of course, we pushed the button, and then it said, it's time for sales now. Please send your order to blah, 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 (laughs) blah. (laughs) <laughs> it was a funny one, too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I, think, I think there's been lots of things used by successful salespeople. I remember reading Victor Kayam's book that he had to do a presentation, a very, very important one. And there were just a big queue of salespeople that were going in to pitch this large corporate. And he took a chimpanzee with, with him. And he walked really? in. And the chimpanzee was on his shoulder. And it ran around the boardroom. No and way. They, and and it, it created utter chaos. And they all they all loved the chimpanzee, and of he said, And then in thirty seconds he delivered his pitch, and he got the business because they really remembered this guy.
1: Poor, poor chimpanzee! I know a guy. <laughs> we have this in. Uh, I used to work. I worked in the beginning, early days, really short for a marketing um, event bureau. Yes. And this guy would do all his business in one day, and we have something called uh, Saint Nicholas. It's like. Uh, an old – he looks like it's a guy dressed up with a long beard, and he, and he, and he gives toys to the good children, yeah, and yes, the bad yes, children yes, sure. go to the bad – you know, yes. something.
0: Father Christmas, so- Santa Claus, yeah. Santa Claus. Claus. they slightly yeah. different names in different countries, yes. but yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. And
1: uh, he would actually dress up like this guy. He would take uh, another guy with him, and he would just visit one company after the other with a big bag of candy. He would just walk through to do the- <laughs> they didn't <laughs> they would just walk on threw the candy everywhere meet the guy gave him a kiss even and da 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 gave his bit walked out and he would have five to ten deals on one day amazing, amazing. Yeah.
0: I don't know if I ever told you that with the first exhibition we ever went to when I started this business uh, my partner and I at that time we went to the States and we announced to our target market that we would be there and we would both be wearing red carnations in our lapel which quite yeah. a few people saw and came yeah. across us. I remember one chap saying to us, he said, I don't know if you've met up with your date for today, but I've just seen him around the other side wearing the red collar. Really? <laughs> <laughs> which really, really made us laugh. But uh, yeah, really well, quick of him to do that. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, I, we've got to put a stop to this. We're oh. rambling on. We are now at 34 minutes, which is, that I think, it's the longest podcast. We said we're going to do 30 minutes. Yeah. You've just been talking too much today, Michael. Next I time we do more you. stories. I, yeah.
1: like this, I like these war stories because it actually, it's actually fun.
0: <laughs> All salespeople like the war stories, don't they? True, true, true. true. Well, excellent. So this was the Boss Hit podcast. Um, if you like it, please uh, put a like. Also, subscribe. And also, as we said at the beginning, please let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you like the war stories like Michael and myself, then please let us know. So thank you very much for today, Michael. And uh, we'll speak again soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Michael.